Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thanks for joining me. Let me give a quick shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Go ahead and check out their YouTube channel. They've got tons of cool stuff on there that promote Scottish culture, history, everything related to the kilt. Also go to usakilts.com for anything that you need to get that has anything to do with Scottish or Celtic culture, especially by way of, of clothing lines like kilts and anything associated with kilts and anything like that. Um, they even You'd be surprised at the broad range of products that they have on there. If you are the type of person that's listening to this podcast, then they probably have something of interest to you on USA Kilts. So their, their YouTube channel, their website, I'll can have links in the, in the description and go ahead and check them out. So let's get into this story of the trouble in the Western Isles in the year 1586. Really, it's a, it's a saga that stretches from 1586 to 1591, and it's a conflict between the Maclean's and the McDonald's, and a couple different branches of McDonald's. Now, you, if you listen to the last episode, you got a pretty good history of the, the Maclean's. Now, what the last episode was not meant to be an exhaustive covering of the history and all their high points and low points and their origins and everything that has to do with the history of the Maclean's. It was rather just a few things that I found interesting about them. So it's it's really easy if you're not familiar with the, the McLeans, go ahead and just check just for starters, just as a place to to get acquainted with them. Go to their Wikipedia page, and then if you want more, go ahead and there's some links down in their down in the references notes on the Wikipedia page that you can go to to fo- do some follow-on study if you want to dive a little bit deeper into it. Um, I will include a link in the show notes for my source for this episode, which <clears throat> most of the details that I'm getting for this <clears throat> come from the Electric Scotland page. So I'll, I'll have a link to that, like I said, in the show notes. If you want to fo- follow that, and I'm not going to quote that word for word, I'm going to tell you my version of the of the events that happened and... And if you want more detail, you can go and follow that. And there's you, can, you there's a Wikipedia page on this too, and that has some links that you can check out. In fact, that's how I found the the Electric Scotland page. And I actually did ma- mention Electric Scotland on my episode on sources. And so, if you want to hear what I think about that page, you can go back and check it. It's an early episode. I can't remember which number what number it is, but go and check that out when I mention all the different main internet sites where you can go for Scottish history. All right, so let's talk about the the this conflict that erupts between the Maclean's, specifically the Maclean's of Duart, and a couple of different branches of McDonald's. Now, just, just a quick, quick mention about Maclean history. Maclean's have been a warlike clan in, in the midst of warlike clans for for a long time. They have a if you go back they you know in their earlier days, in fact they're they're a fairly old as as Scottish clans go, especially non Norman Scottish clans, they they have a pretty early history going back to a, a guy named Gillian of the or Gillioin of the Battle Axe, which is kind of a cool name, isn't it? A pretty cool person to trace your descent from. 
Um, clear up into we get into the, er- the earlier conflicts that's mentioned with the McLeans of the Battle of Bannockburn. Now I know every single clan claims to have helped out Robert Bruce at the Battle of Bannockburn, and you know what? I've, there's a good reason behind that, with except with a few notable exceptions, which we have mentioned in this podcast several times, who didn't help and suffered accordingly. And maybe that's just it. Maybe all the clans that are still have a were strong throughout the rest of the history of the Scottish clans were so because they'd picked the right side. I don't know. We do still have a few survivors who didn't pick his side. I talk about wrong and right side usually that just take that to mean winning or losing side, not who was morally wrong, right or who had the best claim to the throne. But uh, you had the McDougals and the Cummins who sided against him. But anyway, the McLeans claim to have sided with Robert the Bruce in, in Bannockburn, as do a lot of other clans. They had notable feuds with the McKinnons and the Campbells. The McKinnons were um, had a much bigger presence in Mull before the McLeans were established there. And then later on in the earlier 1500s, you have some, some troubles with the Campbells. The to continue on just a, a few brief mentions of McLean military history, they are present at the Battle of, of Harla in 1411, the Battle of Glenlivet, the Battle of Bloody Bay. I could keep on going of the different battles that we see them taking part in. And, and you know, there's, there's numerous battles that we don't really even have record of. Um, another, the last point that I'll make on the McLean military history is that they did involve themselves in the Galaglass concept of mercenaries from the Western Highlands and Isles hiring themselves out to Irish lords and chieftains and becoming involved in their feuds there. And I've done episodes on that too. So just know that the Maclean's were involved in the Galaglass thing. All right. So, so the last episode on the notable things about the Maclean's was meant to bridge into today's episode, and I just want to take, it was time to do some storytelling. So I just chose a battle that the McLeans had been involved in, and we're going to talk a little bit about about that particular trouble. Now, what we're going to discuss today isn't one particular event. It's That's why you see in the title, Trouble in the Western Isles, that's how Electric Scotland had labeled their page on this. Wikipedia called it the Battle of the Western Isles, which is a little bit misleading because it's not one battle. You see, I already mentioned that this is a conflict between McDonald's and McLean's. It started off as a conflict between McLean's and one branch of the McDonald's, but really most of it took place with the McLean's versus another branch of the McDonald's. So let me explain that. The and I'll and I'll just start start tor- storytelling from the beginning of of how this all played out. So the McDonalds. If you're just joining me and you haven't listened to previous episodes that I've done on the McDonalds, the McDonalds were a very big clan, and they had branches established all over the the Western Highlands and Isles. And these these branches became independent in their own right. Now, the McLeans, to a lesser extent, had this going on too. They had different islands. They had, well, on the Isle of Mole, they had they had um, the McLeans of Lochbuie, who were a different branch. You had um, McLeans of, 
Cole and Tyree, I think, and then the McLeans of Morvern on the mainland. And, and they did become independent branches, although they're very closely connected in a lot of their history. And like other clans who were in a similar position, the branches sometimes fought with each other. Now, in this case, um, we're going to look at branches of the McDonald's, and rather than fighting with each other, we see them in very close cooperation. So Donald Gorham McDonald of Slate was in the in 1586 on a trip by by sea to down down to visit his cousin Angus McDonald of Kintyre. And in route, he they came into some really bad weather, and it forced them to make a pit stop on the Isle of Jura and wait out the storm. Now, it's, given the events that happened and that play out while they're there in Jura, the storm must have lasted for a while. You see, what happened is Jura is, an, is a kind of a, a long island that kind of slope, it kind of moves from southwest to northeast. It's, it's long-shaped. And it's roughly divided in half, the northern half belonging to the McLeans and the southern half belonging to the McDonald's. Well, the part that the that Donald Gorham and his party were forced to take shelter on was on the northern half that's owned by the McLeans. And probably that wouldn't in and of itself been a big, huge problem. Except for while they were there, a different group of men had also sought shelter. And they were led by a man named McDonald Herrick. Now, I don't know how he connects in with the broader McDonald picture. And he had a friend, Ushton McGillisbeck. And the two of them, for some reason, and I never did find the backstory to this, but they hated Donald Gorham. And they, they had fallen out with him sometime earlier, but I don't know over what. Well, McDonald Herrick decided that he knew how he was going to fix Donald Gorham, McDonald of Slate. So what he did is he rounded up the men that he'd come with to the Isle of Jura, and they stole a bunch of McLean cattle. Now, here's the position that puts the McLean chief in. So McLean of Duart, who has the stewardship of this part of Jura, and if, the, if those are his clansmen that's on that part, that puts him, if, if somebody comes into your territory and steals your cattle, that puts you in an interesting position. If you don't come back with a really strong reaction and retaliation, there's there's several things that go wrong with your leadership of the clan. A clan chief's, one of his main duties was to protect the honor of the clan. People just can't be coming in and messing with your guys without some sort of serious consequences. Number two, your your job, and these, these two things are very closely linked, is that you are responsible for the protection of your clan. And to the degree that your clan has confidence in you in protecting them and protecting the honor of the clan, they will follow you. And if that confidence is interrupted or weakened in any way, then you're going to be facing serious problems as the leader of that kindred. Aside from any actual feelings, genuine feelings of paternity toward your clan, and that in theory was what a clan chief was supposed to feel toward his clansmen, is some sort of paternal affection for them and desire for their well-being. And so you have several different factors. So when somebody comes into your territory and they steal all your cattle, or, or a chunk, they make any kind of infraction or transgression into your territory, then 
it behooves you to retaliate and retaliate aggressively. And retaliate, Lachlan McLean of Dewart did. Now, the problem is, he didn't retaliate against the wrong people because, and this was the whole point with McDonald Herrick and Ushton McGillispeck, was that they're going to steal a bunch of cattle, and this is going to get pinned on Donald Gorham of Slate, who's sheltering on a different part of the island. And it works out exactly that way. Lachlan, Lachlan Moore, McLean of Dewart, descends on Donald Gorham's party out of nowhere without them expecting any trouble and having no idea why this is happening, and they just started killing people. Can you imagine? You haven't you haven't done anything that would that should any any you've caused no trouble. You just sought shelter from a storm, and all of a sudden, people are showing up. This force of men shows up and starts hacking away. And Donald Gorham was one of the few people in his party that escaped alive. Well, he managed to manages to get back to the Isle of Skye where he's from, where that's where that's where the McDonald's of Slate were. If you don't know that Slate is a part of the Isle of Skye, a lot more people have heard of the Isle of Skye than have heard, ever heard of Slate. So he goes back to the Isle of Skye, and the thing is, he was on his way, like I mentioned, to visit his cousin Angus McDonald of Kintyre. Now, Angus is in a very interesting position. You see, his, his cousin is Donald Gorham of Slate, but his brother-in-law, his wife's brother, is Lachlan Moore McLean of Dewart. So he's got this horrible, horrible incident that happens between these two people that he's very closely connected with and, and maybe even likes. I don't know what his relationship with his brother-in-law was like before this, but it seems to be that he was close with his cousin. And so the action that Angus takes is he's going to see how he can mediate this conflict. So he takes a trip up to Skye to talk to his cousin, Donald Gorham, and see what terms he's willing to come to, see if they can they can come to some sort of peace and, and have this event between these two clans patched up. And so we don't know a lot about how that discussion went, but it seems like there was some kind of development there because his next stop was at Mull. Now, I'm looking at a map of Scotland right now, and it doesn't appear that Mull or the, the specifically on the Isle of Mole, that Duart Castle would be on the way. So it looks like he made a specific effort to get to Duart Castle, because naturally it looks like the route would take you the other way, on the other side of the Isle of Mole. Now, I'm not an expert on seaways and what were the most common routes. just looks like it's out of the way. So he goes to visit his brother-in-law and to possibly talk about what he just discussed with his cousin and see if he can get some sort of a, a, an accord reached. And he is warned against doing so by those that are with him, his kinsmen that have, that are, have accompanied with him, him, accompanied him on this trip. Yet he says, surely this should be okay because this is my brother-in-law after all, and I'm married to his sister and things should go okay. Well, maybe it would have, except for there's another detail here that's causing problems, and that is that there is a dispute between the McDonald kindred, and it and it seems to be specifically with the McDonalds of of Kintyre. Let, let me take a, a really quick interruption here to give you some some more historical con context. It's been 
almost a hundred years since the lordship of the Isles has been stripped from the Macdonalds by the King of Scotland. And I won't go into all the backstory on that, but the Macdonalds are not what they once were. Interesting that during the lordship of the Isles, which ended that, that stripping of that title and that power came in 1493. And up till that point, the Macleans and, and the various branches of Macleans had been devoted adherence to the Lordship of the Isles, to the Lord of the Isles. And here we are a few generations later, almost a hundred years, and the Macleans have come into a very fierce competition with McDonald's. Now the Lord of the Isles, his particular, just like with the Campbells, it was the the Earl of Argyle, the Campbells of Argyle. That was a particular line that was the chiefly line. Well, the the senior line and branch of all of the McDonald's was the McDonald's of Isla. And that and the Isle of Isla was where Finlagan Castle was, and that was where the Lord of the Isles had their chief stronghold. Now keep in mind they're vastly powerful during their time and had strongholds all over the Western Isles and Highlands. But that was where the headquarters was. But since since the Lordship of the Isles had been stripped and that cohesive social, political, military, economic structure had unraveled. And so now clans that were tightly bound together before are more out for themselves. And that brings us into this competition that the Maclean's of Duart had with the McDonald's over the Rins of Isla. Now, the Rins of Isla is a location on the Isle of Isla, on the west of it. And, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a picture of, of Scotland in your head, maybe just sometime take a look and look at where the... These are the major islands in the southern and inner Hebrides that, that I'm referring to here. So, that's the, there's this dispute over who's territory that really is. Is it McDonald territory? Is it McLean territory? Okay, so that brings us to Angus against the counsel of his closest kinsmen and advisors and counselors, goes to talk to his brother-in-law, Lachlan, and try to work out and maybe talk to him about what he just talked with, decided with his cousin, and maybe bring him to some kind of terms. And all had gone well at first. He was very hospitably received by his brother-in-law, who, after I don't know how long, just decided to flip everything on its head and take Angus and the people that had come ashore with him captive. And he held them prisoners until Angus agreed to hand over the Rins of Isla. So there's why you sat through that little bit of a backstory there, because that's crucial to the story. So Angus, having no hope of escape or, or a life after Duart, uh, his exp- life after this experience, unless he hands over the the rights to that territory, concedes. He says, okay, Lachlan, you win. You can have it. And Lachlan said, okay, that's great. Thank you. Um, and until I actually have legal, no kidding title to the Rins of Isla, I'm going to keep a couple of your family members here with me just to ensure that this deal goes through. And so Lachlan held there in Duart Castle, Angus's brother Ronald, and his oldest son James, and the rest were free to go back to Kintyre. Okay, well, Angus, no more Mr. Nice Guy for Angus. Angus has been trying to do the right thing here. He's trying to make, he's, he, he has tried to make peace between Lachlan McLean and his, 
his brother-in-law and his cousin, Donald Gordon MacDonald of Slate. And this is how he's been treated, on top of how Lachlan had already treated his cousin. Now, keep in mind, he was doing what many a Highland chief would have done in that circumstance. But in Angus, it's, in his head, it's starting to add up. And he's like, you know what? Brother-in-law or not, I'm going to take care of this guy. So he goes and gets his feet back underneath him, back in Kintyre, gets settled. And when he's ready, he sends a message back up to Lachlan McLean and says, hey, meet me over on the Isle of Isla and we'll go through with this deal. Well, <clears throat> Lachlan McLean leaves Angus's brother, Ronald, in his Duart castle, locked up in chains, and brings James with him. James is Angus's son, also Lachlan's nephew. Brings him with him, and maybe that's why he got to bring him with him. Ronald's not blood kin to him, but this James, they, that's his sister's boy, so maybe he gets a little bit better treatment. Anyway, Lachlan, with a force of men, and including his hostage James, McDonald, comes to the Isle of, of Isla. And the place where they decide to settle in there is a place called Elin Lachgorm, which is a ruinous fort. And this is their initial stop. Now, Angus and his party, and he brings with him a force of men as well, they go to a place called Mullintre. And it's a lot more established of a place. And they have much more, much better provisions there. And Angus reaches out through message to, to Lachlan and said, don't, don't be hanging around that run-down old castle on Elin Lach Gorum. Come meet me in Mullintre. And and I'll I'll treat you right and and we'll actually do this deal. Well, Lachlan, um, very understandably, has misgivings about meeting his brother-in-law in Mullintray. Probably wondering how he would felt if he were the other guy, and so he declines. Well, then Angus sends another message back to him saying, "I assure you, you come, we'll party it up." I'll treat you right, we'll do well, and when the partying's all done, we'll both go back to the Rins of Island, we'll take care of this business, and we'll make it official, I can get my my hostages back, my family members, and we'll, we'll go on. And with that assurance, Lachlan gives in, and he says, okay, I'll come to Mullintray. So with 86 men, Lachlan comes to Mullintray, and he is, indeed, very well received. Yet keep in mind that Angus has other plans. So he is hospitably treated that day. And that night, and one of the accounts that I read, says that Angus had invited Lachlan to stay there in the same stronghold or, or mansion or whatever it was they were staying in, stay there in that spot overnight. Lachlan, yeah, he says, I, you know, I'm, I've trusted you enough to come actually this far and and, and party it up with you, but, but I don't know if I'm going to go to bed under the same roof. And so he takes his men, and they go stay in a place that's, it didn't give an exact distance, but it said it was a little ways off from Mullintray, a short distance, maybe maybe enough distance to, if you learn of something bad going down, to get your defenses set up. But that didn't work anyway, because before it was bedtime, but after Lachlan had retired to this, they call it a long house, and I don't really know what that is, a house that's long, I guess, or if that's a specific term, but he'd retired to this long house. Uh, before the night was over, Angus had followed him, 
and shown up with three to four hundred of his men and surrounded the house and said, Lachlan, oh Lachlan, we haven't had our final drink for the night together, and what kind of host would I be if I didn't if I didn't offer you the final drink? And Lachlan is really thinking this is this is fishy. So he grabs James, puts a blade to his back, and comes and he says, I I'll kill him. I swear if anything bad it ha- starts happening. James can actually see outside. It didn't say whether he could see through a crack in the door, whether it was uh, the door is wide open and they're just looking at each other face to face, but James does see his father outside with a drawn sword. James starts pleading for mercy, pleading on behalf of his uncle so that he doesn't die. And Angus goes ahead and concedes the night Lachlan lives to see another morning. Well, the uh, let me let me actually just before we talk about what happens the next morning, let me just give you one next uh, one more shout out for USA Kilts. Um, USA Kilts. Let me talk a little bit more than I did at the beginning. That was a very quick shout out, but I want to tell you a little bit more about both their YouTube channel and their website. Their YouTube channel um, really covers such a broad range of topics. And I actually just wrote down a few of them so I can tell so you so you can get an idea of how, the kind of things that they cover on the YouTube channel. I'll just read several titles to you. Can you play golf in a kilt? Should you mix formal and informal kilt styles? What did Highlanders in Scotland eat? They have one on Celtic women's wear and kilt with your scout uniform? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So... So yeah, they talk about a lot of kilt stuff, but as you can see, what did Highlanders in Scotland eat? They go into a lot of, that's a pretty pretty broad range, everything you could ever imagine wondering about having a kilt, either in your decision-making process leading up to buying a kilt or after a kilt, wondering, okay, what's okay to do with this and what's not? They really do cover such a broad range of things. Whatever promotes Scottish and more generally Celtic culture on that YouTube channel, that's what they're after. I found I found it very interesting and informative to to tune into their content there. Their usakilts.com website offers you everything that if you have any interest in ever having a kilt or you have a kilt but you're looking at maybe fleshing out your your repertoire of things to to wear with your kilt um replacing anything just anything you could ever want and it's not just kilt and kilt associated clothing I found stuff for bagpipes on there. Like I said, anything that promotes Scottish culture. They have free shipping in the USA, and their customer service is absolutely top-notch, and I'm saying that from first-hand experience. It's a very, the, the kilt that I got from them is a very high-quality kilt. Um, I, I bought the five-yard kilt. seemed like a good medium-ground kilt for that, and I'm, and I'm really considering in the future... Um, to plus up and, you know, just to, for other occasions, maybe buying, buying some of the low-end stuff and maybe someday when I've got money coming out of my ears, I'll go for the really expensive stuff. But they do, have, they had the full range of that you could ever want on there. So I recommend checking out their YouTube channel and going to usakills.com for anything that you might need within the realm of Scottish culture. All right, so back to the um, the story and I'm just going to give you kind of a lead-in into the next episode right now and then wrap it up. So we're going to do this in two parts because I'm getting on in my time. 
there's there's trouble brewing back in the Isle of Mull. And this is going to result, this this little scheme back in the Isle of Mull amongst some other Maclean's is going to result in the death of some of Lachlan Moore's men on the Isle of Isla, where this is playing out. So join me next time for a for the continuation of the story of of this feud and the trouble in the Western Isles between the Maclean's of Duart and at this point now the Mac- the McDonald's of Kintyre. Um, if you have any other additional comments or sources or anything to add to this conversation, go uh, feel free to go to podbean.com or the Podbean app. You can go to the Facebook group. You can give me a personal... The, the Facebook group is Scottish Clans. You can give me a personal email through thescottishclans at gmail.com or you can leave me a... If you want to just make a comment about how you're enjoying the podcast so far, go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a review on there, and I'd sure appreciate that. So join me for in episode 86. Well, I know the episode numbers are kind of offset with some of the platforms, but part two of Trouble in the Western Isles. Thanks for joining me, and until next time, Marshan Leib and Drasta.